since Pastor Brian has been here. It has been a while. Like weeks, like four, five? Yeah, it's been, been well, I, was I gone the week before? I'm not sure. You had, Te you had Teddy here, and then I don't... Yeah, Teddy was here, and then I was here that week. Anyway, yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, good to see you again. I'm happy to be here, so... <clears throat> Welcome to today's broadcast. We are actually going to be spending time today talking with Pastor about why he was gone for four weeks. He's been <laughs> in Africa and doing awesome stuff. He's got some great stories, and we're just going to sure we want to chit chat with weather. him. And think <laughs> up questions to ask him, too. Like, Man. if you're watching, if you want to know something about his trip, post it in the comments. We'll answer those as well. I'm sorry for interrupting. That was mid sentence. Good. <laughs> oh, he was just, he was telling me that uh, um, he's he was sure I was enjoying the weather because it was like um, 80, 85 and ninety there the whole time. Sometimes ninety five. It was really hot, and a lot of the places didn't have air conditioning, so that was interesting. Pastor is not one who historically has enjoyed it being super warm. He prefers it to be cooler, whereas Pastor Nicole prefers for it to be the 95 degree temperatures. That's true. Like, it's, it's, it's warm here today in North Carolina. Like it's supposed to be 74 is what my husband tells me. And George was planning on wearing t-shirts like Paul. And Pastor Nicole told him that that was unacceptable and that it's too cold to wear a t-shirt still. <laughs> no. So that's no. some of the differences. John Napier said that uh, you should wear your African attire to share your African stories. Oh. I thought about it. <coughs> I thought so about sad. it. He's seen some of it, I bet. You should have worn your conference t-shirt today. Oh, that would oh, been great. Oh, t-shirt. That would have been great. <laughs> Stephen would have loved it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. 
Stephen, Stephen, Evangelist Stephen Hurlburt went with uh, Pastor Brian to Africa. But we'll get to all of that. First things first, comment who you are, where you're watching from. We want to say hi to you today and share today's broadcast. For every person who shares the broadcast, you are entered to win a $25 gift card. And we draw those at the beginning of each broadcast every week. And we have a winner for this week's $25 gift card. Drum roll. I'm going to need you to pronounce the last name. It's Mr. Kevin Nowicki. Nowicki. Kevin Nowicki, you won the $25. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's awesome. Glory so to God. Send me a message and we will hook you up with a gift card. This is funny. My computer's like, no, I'm not getting online. <laughs> John said that passport's going to follow Stephen all the way to heaven. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> His passport picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That was really mm. funny. Tell you have to tell them about that. So Stephen Stephen Hurlbert has great <clears throat> promotional pictures of himself. Like whenever you are having an event or something, oftentimes you'll see graphics on social media. You'll see flyers and stuff go up. So Pastor sent his that he uses. It's a really good one. It is a really good one. And then Stephen sent his that he uses as well. And for like visa stuff, Stephen's passport picture was also in this correspondence. And so it's a great picture of pastor on the flyer. It's a great picture of the other minister. And then there's Stephen's passport picture where he's just. Where <coughs> on the passport pictures, they tell you don't smile because yeah. most of the time, you know, when you stand in front of the person at the airport <laughs> after traveling internationally, you're not smiling, you know. So we're they like, say they want you to match it as close as possible. So they say don't smile. So we're like So Stephen looks so unfriendly. <laughs> and that was on every poster, every flyer. There's this guy that had an ordination and they made ordination <laughs> shirts. And he and it, there's Stephen's passport photo <laughs> on the ordination shirt, also on the hat, and it was awesome. I cannot express how much I want one. Like, I, I so much want one. Stephen is going to be here for Eggfest um, that we do. Uh, it's where we have a great big Easter egg hunt in the YMCA Pavilion, or the YMCA Pavilion area. Anyway, I want to have a hat for when he comes down. I want... <laughs> the entirety of Boomerang to have hats, actually, of just the passport picture. Oh, my goodness. Okay, who's watching? Okay, uh, it looks like we have Buddy Crabtree. Buddy. Buddy. And Miss Dixie When is Bell. it? Hey, Buddy, when are you going to be here? And I'm not online yet, so they'll have to tell me. When is it you're going to be here? I'm looking forward to it. Ashley Melton says good morning. Good morning, Chris Ashley. Chris Griffin. Chris Griffin. Lisa Lamb. Prilla, Kevin, Kevin, you won the gift card. Do you know you won? I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. John Napier, Pastor Nicole. Awesome. Uh, oh, you do know. Okay, that's Michael good. Michael Bradswell. Evan Didio. Hey, Evan. It's good Evan, to have you Evan, what's on. up, man? I am so glad that you have gotten up those YouTube videos of you and Evangelist Ted talking about praise and worship. They have been great. I'm so glad that they're that online. That was a great, that was a great uh, interview. Miriam Abigail Wright is also watching. Oh my goodness. It's great to have you on today's broadcast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oliver the other night sung himself to sleep going, Abby, 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 Aww. I love Abby. That's funny. Abby will babysit Paul's kiddos, Scarlett and Oliver, and they are, there we go. They are big fans of Abigail. 
Uh, Buddy says that we're driving in Friday, probably getting an Albemarle in the evening. Okay, cool. Friday is also Pastor Nicole's birthday. <clears throat> Happy birthday. Just that everybody knows you should probably flood her Facebook, Instagram. If you have her <laughs> phone number, her phone, Voxer. Any means of correspondence, smoke signals, letters. Smoke signals. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Well, since it's your first episode back, aw, Abby sent crying emojis. <laughs> since it's your first broadcast back, would you like to play today's game before we chit chat or after we talk? I will allow you. I'm, I'm not sure I'm up for a game yet. I'm, I'm still <laughs> acclimatizing. <laughs> What's the game? Uh, a no hands challenge. No hands, no hands challenge. Yep. We can also save it if you would like to. That is a-okay. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, game will be later. How long will it take? Just a couple minutes. It won't be long. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. We're going to play our Minute to Win It games. Minute to Win It. Paul and I also need to create our theme song. Oh, they switched the shot back so quickly. You get to watch me get up. Got a minute. It's okay. To win it. So, a couple weeks ago, Marky, Paul, and I played a no thumbs challenge where we had to. Dermot make Landy. Hello, Dermot. He was in uh, Nigeria at the same time I was, just a few miles from me. That's so cool. Yeah, he was on the radio with uh, RCCG giving testimonies. It was awesome. I bet he had a great time. Mr. Dermot travels all over the place. He does. That's really cool that you were there. Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, we did a no thumbs challenge where we had to make all part of that. peanut butter sandwiches with no thumbs. Today, we're upping the stakes and we're doing a no hands challenge. Marky really struggled in that game. She did. She was it like she couldn't get the jar open. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. She she did great. <laughs> oh. So for today's game, the computer and the phones probably need to leave the table. <laughs> great. Just just as preparatory, because today we're unable to use our hands, and so what has to happen is we have to open the bottle of water. Pour the bottle of water into the cup and then take a drink from the cup all without using our hands. Do we have to fill the cup up with water? It has to be at <coughs> least three quarters of the way full. To hmm. what? You without our hands? Without your hands. We use our forearms? Yep. Yes, sir. But you can't use your hands. We're in the middle of the sanctuary. We are. It is this not, does not sound like a smart idea. <laughs> it is not the most messy game that we've done in recent recent times. And it if you would prefer that we not, we don't have to. It is water, so it won't stain, and I will get towels. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, hang on. I need to put the microphone up because I'm saving our technology. I'm trying to think of the best tactic to go at this. I'm not sure. Okay, so. if you squeeze too hard, then you screw your drink out of it. I don't. This is one. That's no, that's mine. Oh. I'm going to stand up. Mine's over here. Well, let me set my phone down. All right. Okay. The camera may need to be panned up because Paul's head. Okay. So can't use your hands. Hold on. Y'all are cheating. 
Last week because you weren't here. It was great. Okay. Alright, ready? Yep. Because <laughs> I wasn't here. <laughs> we said it was 50-50. Okay, anyway, three, two, one, go. Oh no. This is the tricky part without making a bet. This is difficult. Oh, oh, no! It was my game. Ah, good job. How'd you get it open? Um, wrist and teeth. Yeah. I tried. I made a mess though. <laughs> Me too. This made a Marky. lot less mess than I expected. <laughs> Thank you, Marky. Okay. See what happens when you come over the game, Bear? <laughs> it's a great game that the audience enjoys. Yes, I do. <laughs> I think it would have been fun to watch Marky do this game. I do too. Agreed. I think y'all should do this on Truth Talk. Works for me. My cap's all jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Let me see that for just a second. Thank you. All right. It's a good thing I'm You know my what phone. we should do is we should take uh, everybody's uh, choice who's going to win <laughs> beforehand and then see what they say. The people who watch, if you're if you're wise, though I would appreciate your you know support, <laughs> wisdom would say not typically me. It's not typically been me. <laughs> <coughs> My arm is soaking wet, and that is okay. <laughs> Kevin Kevin said, put the bottle between your legs like a vice. I thought about that, Kevin. I was just thinking, am I that flexible today? I don't think. I I don't think I'm gonna. Uh, I also. <coughs> was concerned about what would happen if I like squeezed my legs too hard and if I wanted to look like I'd peed myself for the rest of the day. Wasn't That's quite a great on board. It's <laughs> a great thought. Abby said the next time she opens something with her teeth, she expects no repercussions. Kobe, it's great to see you. Who? Uh, Kobe Converse. He ah. is from Summer Surge. I got you. Hello. And who else? <laughs> Buddy, next time do it with a Coke. I'll buy the tarp. <laughs> I appreciate your investment in the kingdom, buddy. Uh, Paige is watching. Hey, Paige. Hey, Miss Paige. Hello. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Kevin said your method was better. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that I had an Apple Watch on, so I was like, oh, no. I was torn between winning, which I clearly did You're supposed to rinse didn't. your fruit before you eat it. In, in the apple water, <laughs> water resistant? It is, but I've never submerged it quite to that level, level yeah, of nothing. explosion that had happened. I got you. <laughs> Marky says, last time I did a challenge with water, I spit on my own face. That is so true. We did a Truth Talk episode that. last week, and we did the singing challenge funny. where we had to gargle and sing, and Marky was gargling. <clears throat> Some song, I don't even remember what song it was, but as she's gargling, it like exploded out of her mouth and back <laughs> onto her face. I, it was like a fountain. It was wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Paul always has the best shirts. <laughs> Thank you, John. I try. I got some new ones to <coughs> add to the collection to challenge that. <laughs> some African shirts. They were good. I got some, got, I was gifted some good ones. Both, uh, 
<clears throat> both Steven and I, we I both a, got some. found a really cool shirt at Walmart, and I asked Oliver, well, there were several, and the one I really liked, Oliver told me I couldn't get. <laughs> and then he picked out the one that was really loud and obnoxious. Like, it was a bunch of, like, red flowers and, like, tigers in the, in the flowers. <laughs> and I was like, so you don't like this one? Do you like that one? He was like, yeah. And they had shorts to match it, too, and I was like, we're going to see if your mom would let me buy this. <laughs> <laughs> this one is tigers. It's the eye of the tiger shirt. <laughs> me and Jade have a matching hey, shirt, too. Taylor McCaffrey, all Taylor. the way from Germany. What's up, man? Good to see you. I just want you to know, and I want everybody here to know, that uh, Taylor was sending me his prayer updates the whole time while I was gone. And uh, he was telling me how he was praying. You could tell that he was praying and seeking the Lord on our behalf uh, based off of what he was saying. And, man, I just really appreciate That's those awesome. prayers. That was a blessing. Thank you so very much. And uh, Evangelist Nathan Pimentel, what's up, man? Good Hi, to see you. Nathan. He's been tearing it up. <coughs> and awesome. And uh, Miss Natalie, amen. Glory to God. So, so Pastor got back Friday. Yeah. I need a haircut. This is my, <laughs> I was going to Africa for a, a month and still bad. haven't visited the barber yet. Bad. I'm starting to stick out on this side. <laughs> like, it wouldn't take much for me to go all Einstein on us. <laughs> you should do that. You should do that. I thought about it last <laughs> night for impact. So. Okay. What were you in Africa for? Leisure? Uh, Vacation? <laughs> I had a dream since I was little to be able to sing the Africa song from Toto while in Africa, so I fulfilled that. <laughs> And you saw the rain. While I did see there. the rain, and all of my life, he, Stephen and I had this. Uh, we had this interesting uh, moment where we realized that it never did say I left the rain down in Africa. <laughs> it says I blessed the rains down in Africa, which we didn't know that until we posted it on Instagram, and it gave us the words, you know, that pop up. I was like. I bless the rain. That is not the words, Instagram. <laughs> but apparently it is. I was wrong for all these years. That's <laughs> so awesome. I remember when that song came out. It was, it's still one of my favorites. And I did literally uh, bless the rains down in Africa. So <laughs> Johnny. Johnny says, I think you should do a no hands pie challenge. That would be awesome. Taylor, I'm okay with it. I love you too, man, and I look forward <coughs> to you being here someday soon. <laughs> but he said his wife and, and he sang Africa every day when they went to Botswana. You can't not do that. Yeah, you can't not do it. I was singing it the whole time. And then it actually did rain. We were in, um, we were in Gabon, and it was pouring. Like, I'll, I wish I had the clip ready to show you, but it, if you hear it, it's like... <laughs> That, and it's just rain. It's not thunder or anything, just the rain. Wow. <laughs> like this on all the roofs and everything, pouring down. And um, that's what I did that song to. And it was cool. It was neat. That is really cool. Yeah. And we then over in uh, Nigeria, it had been so dusty a week before. Uh, it had been so dusty that they couldn't land planes. And when we got there, we were able to land, but it was still dusty and just kind of a reddish tint in the air and everything. And so one of the things that we, um, uh, one of the things that we did was uh, I said, Lord, I want it to rain to knock some of this dust out of the air. 
and uh, be a blessing uh, to the people. And so sure enough, that night it rained. They woke up the next morning. They said, it rained last night. The people are rejoicing in the streets and everything. I'm like, I did bless the rains down in Africa, <laughs> by God. <laughs> Song fulfilled. Uh, Song fulfilled, amen. <laughs> so John said, best, best dish you had while in Africa. Um, Hmm. Was it the okra soup? No, it was not the okra soup. <laughs> it wasn't the pepa soup either. They have a, they have an okra dish, and like you get a spoonful of it and go, and it like it goes, and it's. Mm. I don't like boiled okra, so that was not my favorite. It was, but some people love it. Mm. Just not this guy. <laughs> but I did taste it. I, I honored it was good. And then um, they had pepper soup, which was uh, basically pepper soup. And you can put different things in it. The best one I had had fish in it. And it was superb. Like, it was actually really good. Um, it's not what I'm used to, you know, but it was still very good. Uh, Stephen really liked that. And then... Um, but the one pepa soup that I had first had some interesting pieces of meat in there. Uh, let's just say that. <laughs> they were very let's chewy. Let's dig deeper. What, what kind of meat? Like, was it the kind of meat or was <clears throat> it how it was cooked? Um, well, it was probably the parts. It was, That's where I'm it was cow I'm intestine. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's supposed to be good for your digestion. Their digestion. Not as good for theirs, but you yeah. know, it's good for ours. <laughs> <laughs> so that was interesting. So, <laughs> John, you've never had okra? You've never had okra, John? What? Fried okra? You've been here twice. Next time you're in town, we'll fry I have to okra. say, at. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, my wife is online. What? Anyway. Uh, so I do have to say that over in Nigeria, they had a place called Mega Chicken. <coughs> this was a chain, <laughs> Mega Chicken. I ate there a lot. And uh, they had fried chicken, grilled chicken, and all of their food is spicy. Like they have spices. Well, like yeah, you would. And uh, they have most every bit of their food has some type of spice in it. And they had some beans that were just, I don't know what they put in those beans, but they were good. They were good, good, good. And uh, the chicken was good too, but it was like a chain. It was like a three or four story building with, and not a small, not, it's like two or three times the size of one of our uh, fast food places on the <coughs> floor plan. And then it was three, three or four stories tall. Now, I'm not sure it was food all the way up, but basically you ordered food at the bottom, and then I think you could go to the second floor. Yeah. But it was mega chicken. So so for those people who... <laughs> John says, mega chicken sounds like my kind of place. He's <laughs> 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 never had okra either, so he's but coming he's Friday. Not... We well, can, that can get I would remedied. imagine you can't can call a place remedied. mega chicken if it's a little place. That's a good point. They had, another place, they had another place called Chicken Republic. I'm like, man, is that like the <laughs> socialist version? Like, are they, <laughs> like, it sounds very militaristic. <laughs> We're mega chicken. We're the Chicken Republic. Take that, mega chicken. <laughs> Which 
Which side would Luke Skywalker be on, though? He'd be on the Republic side. Yeah, I know. It just it had a ring to it. It kind of had like you know, <coughs> I might have seen stars and a you know crescent moon and hammer. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> I was afraid to go in there. <laughs> Rank the level of heat from one to ten in Africa. Do you like spicy? Um, in Africa, um, yeah, like, uh, the hottest that I would eat here would be something that would, um, I wouldn't want to eat because it would start taking away from the taste if I rated that as a 10, where it starts to take away from the flavor of the food. Um, their food ranks somewhere between 6 and 10 on a regular basis, I would say. Um, pro well, 5 to 10 probably. And here our food would be, uh, on a regular basis, 1 to uh, one to 6 or 7, something like that. Because we have some food that has mm -hmm. no spice at all. But, yeah. Theirs is typically warmer than ours is. Thank y'all for being with us today. It's awesome. Yeah. <coughs> Praise God. Mega chicken. Your mom is on. Hi, Miss Jan. Hello. I didn't see her. Come on. Hello. So for those people who are watching and who don't necessarily know why you were in Africa. I went to bless the rains down Aside in Africa. from singing <laughs> and blessing the rains, oh, okay. what were you doing? Um, when I was in the Philippines last year, there was a, uh, originally a, a pastor that was raised in Nigeria, but uh, now lived in Gabon, and Gabon, Africa. And um, John says, did they have Dr. Pepper? I think they did. I believe so. I don't remember. Um, I didn't get any. I feel like they did, though. Anyway, um, so... When I met this pastor in uh, Gabon last year, uh, we just instantly connected. And uh, so uh, Bishop Easy, or Pastor Easy, um, Arm e Ezekiel Armstrong. And uh, so anyway, we just connected immediately. You could tell that it was a God connection. Uh, we were on the same page and everything. So while we were in the Philippines, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, he's going to call and ask you to come to Gabon. And when he does, I want you to go. And so um, I didn't tell him that. We just talked about possibly, you know, getting together. Well, I think back in September, October, he reached out and said, hey, we want you to come to Gabon. And there was another pastor there, uh, Pastor Beatty. And um, so he actually was putting together a program, and uh, they invited uh, me to come. And uh, I felt like I was supposed to ask uh, Evangelist Stephen Hurlburt to go with me. And um, he actually had gotten a word a week before saying, you're about to go to Africa. And a week later, I called him and said, hey, you want to go with me to Africa? And um, so he, he went along. And the truth is, we didn't know fully what the schedule or what the plan was going to be. We just knew that God told us to go. And um, so we went to uh, entertain that invitation. But while we're there, you know, getting over to the continent is expensive in itself. So uh, I already knew I had the other pastor friend, Pastor Amos Obadari, over in Nigeria. And uh, he was here a few years ago and such a blessing. He's like a brother to me. And um, I said, hey, I'm going to be there. What if we come over to Nigeria as well? So 
when I talked to uh, Bishop Easy about Gabon, he said, I want you to come for a month. I was like, man, I can't come for a month. I was like, I, I have a church to pastor. But um, I did know I was supposed to go. And so I said, I could probably come for about you know two weeks, two and a half weeks, and then go over to Nigeria for about a week and a half. And uh, it was just a few days short of a month. And, uh, but it was a long time. I was ready to be home. And uh, so when we, you know, when we got there, it was to uh, basically preach in a, um, a campaign there at their church. And then uh, we did some leadership training the next week and then go over to Nigeria and speak at multiple places. Uh, so that's how we got there, and, and that's what was going on. Now, what happened once we got there, that was a very... Uh, it was very interesting, all of, all of what happened and what was going on. So I'll just let you ask me questions, and we'll go from there. Well, Evangelist Stephen Hurlbert is on with us right <laughs> now. So what? if you have any commentary to provide, please post it in the comments. Love to hear from you. Also, can we block his commentary? Because I'm not sure I trust what he's about to say. Well, when you have people whose promo <laughs> pictures are so unhappy, like I don't know what sort of. I don't know if we can trust it with that. I understand. <laughs> yeah. And then Colleen just hopped on. Mr. Mark Presley hopped on. Uh, Dermot actually says that, Pastor Brian, we had yam and goat and fish stew for breakfast. Yeah, interesting. I believe it pounded yam. Taylor wants to know what was the most eye-opening experience while in Africa that you weren't expecting? That's a good question. That's a great question. And I don't know. I'm going to have to think about it. Uh, food spice rating, three to four. Hmm. I have... What are you talking about, Stephen? He like he likes spice too, so we're we are both good with the spice. The okra, the okra soup. Kevin said, "How many souls?" Oh, these are good. The questions coming in. Yeah, keep throwing your questions up there. He said, "How many souls were one?" Uh, it was right at thirteen hundred fresh commitments to Christ. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, not all of those. Not all of those were like brand new commitments to Christ, but they were fresh commitments. Part of our uh, job there was the Lord told me several years ago that anywhere he sends me in the world, I'm supposed to take uh, a fresh touch of the fire of God. And so we want to ignite people with the fire of God. And so that's what we were, that's what, that's my mandate wherever I go. Yeah. And um, so we, and we do that by, uh, creating hunger and drawing them into hunger and humility and then uh, depositing that fire and that anointing <coughs> into them. So, uh, hey, Lisa. Hey, Corey Goins. Good to see you. And, uh, but uh, going back to Taylor's uh, question, what was the most eye-opening experience in, while in Africa? Um, well, hmm. There were several very big things that happened. Um, there was one big thing that happened on the final night, and I'll share that at the end, and that would probably be it. So I'll share that when we get closer to the end. But that was, that was the final night. It was definitely an experience with God and different. Um, there were multiple things that were, um, there were multiple things that were not the way we experienced them here, mm -hmm. you know, in America. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the spiritual world that most people in America would not, um, they would not believe that it was true. And um, they don't realize that 
the stories that they've heard were actually based off of real things and, and a very real spiritual world that we have somewhat pushed in a corner and kept the light turned off on, but yet that doesn't make it not real. And so, you know, we saw uh, demons come out. We saw people instantaneously healed uh, in our hand. I remember one night I was praying for a guy for his back, and I literally felt his backbone pop over into place uh, under my hand. And uh, so that's pretty cool stuff, yeah, you know. That's, awesome. that's it's neat when people get instantaneously healed like that. And um, <laughs> John, <laughs> and he said, "Did he just give us a cliffhanger?" Yes. Hey, you better ask the right question. Pastor Michael Coe, he was in Israel with me. Hey, brother, good to see you, man, and uh, glad to have you on. I will. He says. <coughs> yeah. So we had. I would say one of the biggest things was. Um, Stephen's training. Uh, Stephen trained people to be soul winners, and um, we trained, I would say, over 300 people to be soul winners. And But the important thing is that 200 of those 300 were pastors and leaders. That's so they're not, they're not just their one person. They're going to take it back to their church, and we, we invited them to be a part of our vision for yeah. 20 million souls in 20 years. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And another thing that we did, if you go to uh, whatsright.com, we've really uh, added some stuff to it in the, in the last couple of weeks. While we were there, I worked on it a lot. And we added the scripts. I'm getting ready to add a second script to it to win souls. They can uh, put in the numbers that they've won on, at What's Right. So go to whatsright.com, sign up for the emails. And uh, anybody who's signed up for the email, uh, it's not on there yet, but I'm going to give you a, uh, a little uh, e-book as soon as I finish it, which I'm working on it now, on how to be led by the Spirit of God. And uh, so that's going to be coming soon. And, uh, but on What's Right, we, Stephen and I worked on it. We've got a French script there. We, uh, we're working on getting the Spanish one up. We have uh, the French and the English um, survey which people can do so in other words like because we didn't speak French we could use mm -hmm. translations but we had a survey that'll lead people to the Lord simply by asking the questions that RMI put out and they had it online we just made it in a digital form and so basically you say hey will you do this survey for me and they'll read it and go through it and say the prayer and they can be led to the <coughs> Lord and it helps to jump that gap uh, even though I have it translated uh, it still helps to jump that gap, the survey did, so uh, Stephen and I worked on that. Hey, Mr. Phil Honeycutt, good to see you. And so at What's Right, you know, one of the things that the Lord gave us a vision uh, several years ago uh, to basically have influence people to win 20 million souls in 20 years. And when the Lord first gave it to me, I went, golly, that's too, uh, that's, that, that's big. You know, I don't, I cannot see how it would be done, but I knew if he gave it that he would empower it as well. And so when he did that, I just started believing God. And then he started showing us what to do and how to do it and how to get started. And so our, our goal is to influence people to be soul winners, just yeah. like uh, we were influenced to be more of a soul winner at Dr. Rodney's uh, through RMI and revival.com. And so we're going to take those numbers, people that we influence outside of that, their circle, 
uh, to influence to win 20 million souls in 20 years. And uh, we're on track with our numbers now getting there. But this is just another tool there as well. So we were able to train pastors, put those tools in their hands, give them the ability to uh, post their numbers, stuff like that, and say, hey, join this vision with us. Let's get about the Father's <coughs> business. And uh, one of the greatest things that we did was... Um, one of the greatest things that we talked about, one of the leadership programs was that leadership is fruitfulness. Mm -hmm. And uh, so leadership <coughs> is fruitfulness. You, know, you, can, you can say that you're a leader all day long, but if you're not producing fruit, what are you leading? You're leading activity, you know. That, that doesn't really mean anything. What, what, what good is it just to be active, you know. We need to be fruitful, and, and Jesus makes it very plain in John 15, we need to be fruitful. So what I talked about was there were four major areas of fruitfulness. Uh, number one area of fruitfulness is winning souls because we want to be fruitful not according to the world but according to the Bible. You know? uh, and in, according to the Bible, the fruit that remains is winning souls. You know, go into all the world and make disciples. Winning, you know, and he tells us win souls. He who wins souls is wise. Uh, winning souls, the heartbeat of God. Uh, number two is revelation and making disciples. How can we need to be walking in fresh revelation? We need to be studying the word to show that ourselves approved. We need to have the fruit of revelation. But without revelation, it's hard for us to make disciples if we're not actually walking in that revelation. So, one souls, two revelation and disciples, three power. You know, he says, these, these signs will follow those that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. We want to see the power of God. They'll be supernaturally protected, we see in context there. Uh, but then the fourth thing is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, here's the thing, though. If I go to heaven, um, if I go to heaven, then we can, um, I can get better at my fruit of the Spirit in heaven. I can get better at power in heaven. I can get more revelation in heaven. But I can't get souls in heaven. I can't do it. Souls is the only thing that we can only do here on the earth. And so if there's one fruit that is the heartbeat of God right now, we need all of that fruit. We're not, we're not void of the responsibility for any of that. But we need all of that fruit. And uh, that that one main fruit is winning souls. And so we, uh, Stephen really did a great job at teaching how to lead. Literally, we took about, um, there were about 20 people who participated. We trained more, but about 20 people participated. And in three days, they had won over 150 people to That's the awesome. Lord. And that was without us going on to the streets and teaching them and yeah. showing them. Yeah. We just taught them in a class. Stephen taught them in a class on how to win souls. And they went out the next day on their own, and they were winning 20 and 30 at a time in yeah. some places. All it was was a decision. They made a decision, and souls were won. It yeah. was great. It was so good. So, yeah, amen. That's awesome. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Priscilla, for putting that up. <coughs> what is the main difference that you saw between church there and church here in America? Um... Well, the main difference in, 
between church in America and church in Africa, I would say, and, and you have different pockets of Africa. So the church in Gabon was different from Nigeria. Uh, it, it's in a different position and in a different place. But one thing I did see is the same issues that we face here, they face there, but there are some differences. Number one being that they don't play church as much. as They still have that. They have people that are playing church. Uh, but they don't play it as much as we do here. Um, their, you know, truthfully, their mindset is more survival than ours is here in America. We're, we're blessed. This is a blessed country. Yeah. And it's blessed because of the foundations of God that it was founded on. But we have in America forgotten how blessed we are and where the blessing came from. You know, we have to know that if we're blessed, if it's truly blessed, it came from God. Every, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights with whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning, James 1.17. So we are blessed. Uh, but to forget where those blessings came from. You know, and in the Bible, we have an example where one generation uh, lost, yeah. lost the hand of God in their midst. You yeah. know, one generation forgot God and went off. to. The, so it doesn't have to take long to forget God. That's why we have to remember it. And we, you know, we're to meditate on his goodness and his promises and his word day and night so that we don't forget where the blessing comes from so that we can live a life where we're always walking in the blessing. Well, there, the blessing is not the same. It works the same way. The promises work the same way. But the country itself, the world, the physical world that they live in is different. And they have much more of a survival mentality. And so, for instance, they, if they don't pray, they have people lose their life. Yeah. You know, if they don't fast and pray, their, their whole livelihood starts to go down. And so they'll, they'll have all-night prayer services at the drop of a hat. You know, churches, they're actually doing something. You know, I, I wouldn't say everyone does that, but... Um, they'll, they don't, uh, they, they're taking it seriously. I mean, it's a, they'll spend, they'll spend all day in prayer for the service the next day. And, and it's not just the pastors, you know, all kinds of people will, everybody at the church will pray. They take it a lot more seriously because they understand that if I don't have God, we're not going to walk in the blessings. And there's people, I know I've heard of testimonies of kids 10 years old 11, 11 years old, up in northern Nigeria, and there's, you know, they're under the threat of being killed by Muslim tribes up there all the time, and they will fast and pray. Now, listen to this. Kids, not talking about adults, yeah. children yeah. will fast and pray for 10, 11 days, no food or water. Now, that's miraculous. That's, you can't do that. You can't go for 11 days without water and live unless it was supernatural. But they have, uh, um, Lord, we've got to have you. Yeah. you know, they have the revelation. If we don't have you, we're done. You know? And so because of that, honestly, the church, especially in Nigeria, the church in Nigeria is putting the church in America to shame. I mean, we're like, we're like in kindergarten compared to what some of them are doing. Uh, some of them are doing, and we really need to uh, we really need to take a look at ourselves and be honest with ourselves. Where are we? You know, when when the word says in John 15 that if we abide in the vine, He abides in us, and we are producing fruit. And in John 15 it says, if you will do this, whatever you pray will come to pass. 
Well, when's the last time that happened for people in America? That everything you prayed came to pass. You know, we've got to let statement, I mean, do you think God was just throwing that out there to give us like a pipe dream so that we'd keep reaching? No, if he said that, it's available. Why are we not seeing it? You know, why are we not seeing the power of God released like that? We've got to understand that, you know, God meant what he said. And we are not upholding our end of the bargain. And many times we feel because we're not worthy of these things. It's not about your worthiness. It's about the worthiness of Christ. And it's just like in 2 Corinthians 9. If you will purpose in your heart to be a giver and go after God, he will give you the seed. He will give you the grace. He will give you the strength to get to that place and to do these great and mighty things. You know, he told us to fast and pray. This is a tool to be used. He will give you the strength to fast and pray. So don't look at what it will cost you in the flesh. Look at what will God give you to overcome the cost. You know, he'll give you the seed to pay the price so that you can walk in great and mighty things and do exploits for the Lord. So a lot of times, you know, people are, we're making excuses and we're looking at uh, the cost instead of looking at uh, how much God is worth it. And I, I would say that's the difference between them and us. And, you know, at Pastor Adeboye's church and Bishop Oyedepo's church, you know, they, Bishop Oyedepo has over 400,000 people that comes to worship at that church every Sunday. Uh, at Pastor Adeboye's, I don't know the exact number, but I know this. My mouth dropped, and I could not get it back up <laughs> looking at the size of that church. When I stepped out into that church, I have, I have a video of it where it's, it's like zoomed in as far as it will zoom, and then I back up, and you can see how far this thing goes, and then that's one section of, of at least like six or seven sections. And uh, it's amazing how many people can fit. And that's the old one. They had to build a new one because people wouldn't fit under there. So the number of people that they are reaching and the miracles and the power that's happening, uh, we should be seeing that everywhere. That's the way the church is supposed to be. And uh, it was such an honor to meet with them. That, that truly is something that we got to do. We got to, uh, part of Stephen and I, we were both uh, agreeing in faith to be able to meet, uh, sow into, and receive impartation from Pastor E.A. Adeboye and from Bishop David Oyedepo. And I had met uh, Bishop Oyedepo a couple of years ago, and, um, but I didn't have a picture from it, but I, w- I was highly blessed by it. I did want to see him again. And um, both of them, uh, we were able to meet both of them. They prayed and imparted into both of us uh, and uh, with Pastor Amos and his wife as well. And then um, we were able to sow into their lives personally as well. So that was such a big honor and uh, what a blessing. But, and Bishop David literally took 45 minutes with us and just sat and just talked to us and just poured into us That's and just, awesome. just talked to us and talked to us about, you know, believing big and vision and, and how we need to be firm on the word and the importance of prayer. And just, I mean, he just poured into us for 45 minutes. And um, it may have been longer than that, but it was, it was a while. And uh, I just, I was sitting there like, what an honor this is. Because both of these men walked in and said, it is a miracle that we were able to see you. 
And Pastor Adeboye actually said, he said, normally I would never meet with anybody today because this is my prayer time. And you have to understand, when they say it's their prayer time, that's like holy, holy time. He said, but when I prayed about it, the Lord told me to meet with y'all. And uh, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, so the Lord had the purpose in a visit. And I, I can tell you, I feel different, you know, <clears throat> I feel like I was imparted into it. And I feel like I not only received from them, but the final night that I ministered, I really received something uh, special from the Lord as well. And I'll talk about that more in a minute, but amen. Taylor has <coughs> Is Africa as deceived as America due to mainstream media? <laughs> you may want to avoid this question. Um, I don't know. I, Taylor, I didn't get a good feel for that as far as um, the mainstream media. Uh, there is some of that that goes on, obviously. and uh, But as far as whether or not they are, I didn't see that much TV, uh, so it was hard for me to say. It's obvious coming home how much we are deceived by it. Um, you know, coming through the international airports, people were not as scared as what they make it out to be. And then, of course, you see that picture that I, I posted a few days ago. Don't buy the fear that they're, that they're selling. Um, was, media had cameras. They pulled all the stuff off the shelf and then shot pictures of the empty shelf. But all the stuff was sitting on the floor. The media did that. It wasn't people that pulled it off. So you got to watch that stuff. The devil, I talked about it on Sunday. You can go back to Boomerang's uh, Sunday service. The devil always peddles fear. There, but God says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. And the more that you know uh, God, the less fear that you'll walk in. Actually, the more you know God, you'll walk in no fear. Because when you know God, you'll realize there's nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. That doesn't mean that there's not weapons formed against you, but you start to understand that even if the devil forms a weapon, <coughs> you, even if he forms a weapon, it won't prosper because I'm in, in the Lord. So, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Do you have any questions for him? I'm just hey, April. Good to see you. The story again about the last night. I thought that was oh, awesome. Oh, the last that night. You were talking about it. Did I tell you all that? Yeah. You were, at lunch, you were kind of telling me a little bit about oh, it. Oh, yeah. We talked about it last night at Impact. I just okay. mentioned it. Yeah. It was pretty powerful. <laughs> What's your funniest story uh, about you and Stephen? Any fun? Oh, man. Hmm. We made a list of things. We had a bunch of stuff. The question is, what things can I tell? That's <laughs> While pastor's looking, Stephen, do you have any that you would like to tell in the comments? <laughs> Evangelist Stephen is watching. At least he was. I have to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was an entertaining, you know, time in the airports at Stephen. Oh, yeah. We had a good time. Not a dull moment. You know, truthfully, I, I posted something with Stephen, and um, I posted something with Stephen, and then when we came back, I said, we just spent a month, you know, together in Africa, and I don't want to kill him. You know that's some Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's true. Like, I mean, you can have some people that you really, really like, and you go and you spend that much time together in close proximity. And we weren't in the same room the whole time, but we were together pretty much 24-7. And um, uh, when you spend that much time with somebody, 
you have to you have to really have the Lord's leading on who that person is because it's easy just to get under each other's skin. And truthfully, he did not get under my skin, and it was truthfully blessed by God. I mean, I really enjoyed having him there. And uh, I told a story while I was there in Africa that um, <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> tell the truth, does Evangelist Stephen not wear deodorant? Well, you know, it was it was rough, Taylor. It was <laughs> no, he 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 probably wears plenty of deodorant. I never I never caught a whiff of Evangelist Stephen. The tracksuit <laughs> blocks the smell a lot of the time. Tracksuit. <laughs> did he wear his gold chain? Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> George and I sewed a gold chain into Stephen to match the tracksuit. He wore the tracksuit and the ordination t-shirt through the airport all the Absolutely way home. Absolutely he did. <laughs> Absolutely. It was That's awesome. a good call. It was awesome. <sighs> That's great. But yeah, I really did. Um, I really, I had no, no problem with them. You know, it was, uh, and that's just the Lord. And, you know, that you have to watch for that. When the Lord connects you with somebody, it doesn't mean that everything's always going to be perfect. But when God connects you, there's a reason and a purpose for those connections. And God is a covenant God. I've learned to pay attention to those connections because those connections are the ones that you are designed to live life to the full over and in. And uh, so, uh, you know, for example, not... A few years ago, the Lord connected me with one of my spiritual fathers, Pastor J.B. Whitfield, and um, and I knew. And then I had an opportunity at one point to not go with him and to go, you know, a different direction. But I was like, no, God is a covenant God. He doesn't like give and take away, like the song wrongly says. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't do that. Um, he's he gives and he makes those connections and those connections are important and so I stayed and then as that thing played out I was like that was exactly right the Lord knew exactly what he was doing and that's where your blessing is so a few a couple years ago Stephen and I were sitting at a table and right there the Lord put it on my heart he said I want you to connect with this evangelist and I'd been watching him but I didn't know him that that well but I'd watched him enough to see that he was honorable and um, that he was humble, and uh, the Lord connected us in that way, and then instantly we, we got to work, and we were, got about doing some kingdom business, and then you go to a trip like this, and it just shows how the Lord knows what he's doing, and uh, it was really a blessing uh, to be with him, and I'm glad that he was able to go. So, um, Mr. Williams said the program was great. <coughs> were you in... Uh, I don't want to say it wrong, but uh, O-T-O-B-O-N-G, William, Uh, were you in Gabon or Nigeria? Let me ask that. But yeah, we were blessed to be there, (coughs) but it was was really, really good. Um, Go ahead. When, like, uh, I know when we went to the Philippines, when we got off the plane in China, you could feel like the oppression, like the spirit mm-hmm. of oppression over there? Was there like anything kind of like that when you landed there that you could just kind of automatically, you could pick it up in the spirit that there was? Yeah, there's, I mean, it's a different place and you can feel it. And there were certain certain areas we went through, like one of the places we went to go preach in in Nigeria as we were going through, you could feel the oppression. And then as you started to walk, look around, 
uh, you saw there were more and more Muslims, you know, and you could feel it, you know, you could sense it spiritually. Um, you know, God's given us indicators in our spirit on, to pick up on some of those things. And, uh, and it's important to pay attention mm -hmm. to them too, you know, when you need to, hey, I, I don't need to be here, you know. Um, you know, when Jesus said he, he made his way through the crowd, you know, he knew I don't need to stand out here on this cliff with these fellows anymore mm -hmm. and let me make my way through the crowd. You know, you pay attention to the Holy Ghost. And, um, so, but there were, there were places that doesn't mean that you don't go in there. Yeah. You just make sure that you are there in obedience, not there in pride, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, it was, it was good. We had, um, certain places you felt very comfortable, certain places you didn't. You know, in Nigeria, they don't necessarily go out at night, you know, on a regular basis. It's not, it's not the safest to go out at night. When we went to one of the churches, they literally had armed guards with us. You know, we had three cars. In the front car was an armed uh, soldier, and in the back car was an armed soldier. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't order that, but they, and that was the night we went through that neighborhood, too. Mm -hmm. So... And then we were coming back at night, so it was, you know, one of those things where there, <laughs> I, I didn't know where we were going or what we were doing, but I, I had peace on going, you mm -hmm. know, and it was a tremendous night. But one of the things that was funny, I was looking at this, was uh, uh, <laughs> one thing that happened. So we were on in Gabon. Did he answer where he was from yet? No, okay. Um, in Gabon, they uh, they had an ordination service, and basically in that ordination service, uh, Sunday morning ended up being at the ordination service. And what was really neat was I was I was preaching, and then I was ministering to certain people, and there was this one young man, and I wanted to pray for him. I could feel in my spirit mm -hmm. to pray for him. And, uh, but the Holy Ghost said, don't, don't, don't pray for him quite yet. So I skipped over him and, uh, and prayed. He just said, no, don't do it. Well, come to find out, that was the guy being ordained. And had I prayed for him, it would have been out of, it would have been at the wrong time. And, uh, but, so when he came up to be ordained, I already had the witness of the Holy Ghost inside of me that this is the guy that I'm separating because that's what that was, what mm -hmm. I was picking up on. And uh, so he came up, and when I, he wanted, my job was to bless him and anoint him and lay hands on him to be ordained. And uh, when I did, it's like the anointing shot through my arm and hit him. I mean, I felt it like poof, shoot through my arm and hit him. And the anointing, and he, and he shook, the anointing hit him, the power of God hit him. He shook and, and uh, received that. And uh, he was so humble. I really in, enjoyed him and uh, Minister Feli. And uh, so he, uh, he was the one who got ordained. Well, they had T-shirts that they had put, you know, our pictures that mm -hmm. we were talking about. So I'm sitting up there after I preached, and I'm looking out at the crowd and everything, and I, I like, catch somebody in a T-shirt over here, and this is before we had seen them. I'm like, is that my face on somebody's t-shirt <laughs> like what in the world is that and it was an ordination t-shirt that had my face that one just had mine but they had other ones that had both of mm -hmm. ours on there so that was really funny but never had my face on an ordination t-shirt <laughs> before so pastor tony <coughs> carpenter going up and starting the church in baltimore good to see you man and uh so that That's was awesome. a 
Yeah, really cool. Y'all know Tony from down at mm -hmm. the river? Yeah. And uh, he uh, he's led the outreach for several years. He's They're planning a church, I think, in Baltimore. So praise uh, God. The one that Dr. Rodney just launched? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw pictures of that. Yeah, he, congratulations. That's awesome. That's awesome. So anyway, so yeah, it was really uh, interesting seeing your face on an ordination t-shirt. <laughs> What I'm hearing is that we have a new bar to hit whenever we ordain people here. <laughs> Amy Hunt, or Amy Presley, when you watch, keep this in mind. We don't have to do that. <laughs> another, um, another thing was something that was funny. They, and uh, uh, you remember the Philippines pea? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they have a Gabon pea and a Nigerian pea, too. <laughs> it was uh, just... People peeing right there in the, you know, <laughs> right there on the road. And uh, one guy I literally saw drop his pants and poop right on the sidewalk. And uh, another lady was uh, literally out in the street with a bucket, naked, washing herself. And I, I was like, does that happen often? <laughs> and uh, they're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty common. I was like, okay, all right. So it's just it's a different... Uh, you know, the guy, the guy pooping was an interesting. I guess you one. gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah, we were on the highway, and a guy was just sitting there. It was a, it was a big guy. We were going down the highway, and highway is a a nice term uh, because it <laughs> we think highway is something smooth and flat and straight, and uh, this is potholes because the government basically has abandoned the highways and taken care of. You'll have a foot deep two feet deep pothole they'll be 10 feet wide so a lot of times on the highway you're going back and forth like this but literally on the side of the highway there was this guy that was a pretty big guy and uh he was sitting there uh yeah taylor said gives new meaning to the term public restroom this guy i was like man am i seeing that guy's junk right now <laughs> like that dude's peeing right there like he's facing me peeing right there and I was like I really didn't want to see that and but that's you know that's that was what happened so another um that was not what I was laughing at I had so somebody had recommended to me to get these tablets uh because you're sweating so much because the environment's different that you'll lose um you'll lose like electrolyte stuff like that and you need to you need to keep those and uh, so these tablets are basically like would get electrolytes in your water. So you take a tablet, put it in your water bottle, shake it up and let it dissolve, but it would fizz, right? And so one night I put uh, one of these tablets in the water. As soon as I do, you know, I, I capped it. I was going to shake it and then release the pressure and everything. As soon as I do, they knock on the door and say, hey, it's time to go to the meeting. And so I'm like, oh, okay, and I grab my bottle and everything. I'm going, we get to the meeting and everything, and uh, I grab my bottle. I'm like, oh, yeah, and I, I touch, I mean, I just touched the cap, and the fizz had gotten pressure. That thing went, pow, <laughs> and it shot up, hit the ceiling, and they have <clears throat> air conditioning, but it's not air conditioning like we have, but in addition to the air conditioning, they have these fans all over the, like everywhere we would have a light, they have a fan, and it basically blows in a circle around, right? 
So this bottle cap went bow out, and like that shocked me, you know. I was like, ah, and it shot up in there, hit the ceiling, then it came down on the top side of a fan, and so the bottle cap was going ding, 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 and and I was like, oh no, and it's loud enough in there where not everybody heard it, but it's right above the pastor's head, and I'm like, ah, don't don't hit somebody, and then finally after a few seconds it shoots out. I was like, whoo, shoo. <laughs> but that was, a, that was a funny moment. Not everybody saw it, but I saw it. <laughs> you should ask Stephen about his ch-ch-ch-chia here. <laughs> if he was still on, we'd have to give him a hard time. You know, a lot of people don't know that Stephen's hair is very curly. Very, very yes. curly. Young Stephen uh, pictures yes. are great. And, uh, you know, with all the humidity and everything, <laughs> one night it was just like, Pfft. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, are you Steven? Please tell me you're Steven. <laughs> like Afro or? Uh, I don't know how to, ch 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 is a good description. <laughs> it's, it's just really curly, but he, he didn't have it can all on the sides to make it like full Afro. But can it's we like take Steven's passport picture and make it a Chia Pet? That would be Could awesome. Could somebody like clay? <laughs> like, that would be awesome. I feel like we should, somebody should try. One of the things in Gabon that was very interesting was how many times we got stopped by the, uh, oh my goodness, it's one o'clock. Um, one of the things that uh, Ch -ch Chia preacher, that's funny. Oh yeah, well Taylor, you can go ahead and ask him and I'll see uh, see what we can uh, get today. If not, I can answer them in a podcast too. Um, go ahead and lay them out there. We, um, we got stopped in Gabon constantly by the police. And so that was an interesting thing. And uh, one night, and what they do is just not regulated like in, like here. But I mean, they're carrying weapons. They have, you know, different things. You know, when they walk up to the car with their, you know, assault rifle and everything, it's like, okay, this is different from America in that way. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and they're talking in a different language and we don't know what's going on. And so it was interesting, but, um, basically what they wanted, they just wanted to, you know, get money from whoever was driving. And then of course, if they see foreigners, they think you have money. So they'll, they'll hold you longer trying to get more money out of you. It's kind of how they make a living. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, one night we got stopped and the police officers were drunk and that's not a good combination you know <laughs> weapons drinking and you know they're trying to do something they really shouldn't be doing and um, so that was an interesting situation but you know things that we don't we don't realize how well we have it here not to mention like on the sides of the road you know they've got gutters going down the side of the road like we do but going down their gutters is everything you know, and trash is everywhere, you know. Um, it, we were in New York on the way back, and it, uh, you know, New York, there was some trash on the streets of New York. It's a lot better than what a lot of people's stereotype is, but um, even there, the, it was, seemed clean. In New York, it just seemed like this is really clean, you know, compared to what we had seen uh, for a month. I've got some pictures and stuff of that, but anyway. When we walked into a K, they had just built a KFC, 
and it was new, kind of like uh, our KFCs look here, and it was um, really interesting because it was like stepping into America, sort of, but just for that moment, it was like, oh, this feels good. It feels like home, you know. It's interesting how you can mm -hmm. feel like that. You remember when we stepped into oh, the McDonald's yes. in Philippines? Yes. Even though their food's totally <laughs> different, you're like, it kind of feels like home. It kind of smells like home. Yeah, bit. I know. It sort of smells, and that's the way it was, so that was neat. But you, you, after a month, it was good having a break <coughs> that we were not in the same place for a month, but uh, after about two weeks, you really have kind of a psychological thing that goes on where you're really missing home. But because we changed and went over to Nigeria, that helped out. Uh, with that, and um, but it was still, we were ready to get home for sure, but amen. Um, one of the things, I'll give the story that happened the last night, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, when, when we heard, when we met with Pastor Adeboye and Bishop Oyedepo, those were moments in time that I will cherish forever, and, and pictures that I will cherish forever. And um, very happy to be there, just very, very honored. And um, even Pastor Adeboye, he, he likened our meeting to when he met uh, Kenneth Hagin. And so that was the, that was the description that he, he said, I remember when I met Kenneth Hagin and I said, I have to meet this man. And he said, they said, there's no way, but then there was a way. God made a way. And he was saying it's similar to today. God made a way for you and I to meet in that way for us to meet. And, um, you know, not just for me, but for everybody who was there. And it was, so that was special and that was precious. And yeah. the, the power of God was there and we were all crying. And, um, and Pastor Amos in the picture, he's all jacked up by the Holy Ghost. And um, <laughs> it's funny. He was, he was, the anointing had hit him. So those were moments, and you could feel it. But I had a, I definitely had a moment with the Lord on the last night that I ministered in Nigeria. And uh, we saw the power of God poured out in multiple services, um, multiple services, without question. Um, I could give you a lot more details of that. But in this last night, one of the things that happened was this. I, as we got closer to the place where we were preaching, um, I'd kind of been under attack in my body that day. And I was just believing God for you know, healing and restoration and uh, seeking him. And so then we go on. Uh, we get there. I can feel as we're arriving there like God's doing something. There's something special on this night. I don't know all the details about it, but I can tell that there's something special about this night. And um, as we're as I'm sitting there, I I would say it the way that the Lord he he was drawing me, and he was drawing me to just be with him. Uh, most every other time I had, you know, other people had been in the room, but I knew this night it was I was supposed to just be by myself, me and the Lord, before I went out and ministered, and so. I just I asked everybody to leave and let me just stay in the room, and they did. And so I started just praying, and you have to understand that in the, 
in the Holy Ghost, there's a time to pray, there's a time to be quiet, there's a time to receive. And I just started kind of praying in the Holy Ghost, and I, I felt the Spirit lead me, no, that's not what I want you to do right now. I said, okay. And he said, I just want you to sit. And so he, I went over and I sat in this seat. I just closed my eyes, I just held my hands out. And uh, I just sensed the presence of God just like, almost like if, if he was in the room, he stepped close to me. And as he got close to me, I just felt, whoom, this, the presence of God just overflow me. And, uh, and it would last for like a minute or so, and I was just sitting there just boo-hooing and crying. Just the presence of God is so sweet. And so, uh, and I've, I've had that before, but it, it's one of those things where I want to have it all the time. And uh, it's been a little while since I've had it like this. And so, man, the presence of God was so precious and so sweet. I'm just crying in this presence. I'm, I'm thanking God inwardly just for, uh, just for being with me, you know, just for being there and being my source and being my strength and being the love of my life. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, and then it's, it's like he steps away, you know, and that presence and it lifts and and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 come back, come back. And, uh, but then in about a minute, it's like he steps back close, and it, it was like waves, you know, like three or four times, just waves of his presence. And I'd just start to cry again, and the power of God would just be washing all over me, and I could just feel that. And um, so then he did something interesting. I, I'd got the sense that, uh, you know, and a lot of people, they don't realize that a relationship with God can become this real. That's, they don't think that it can be this real. And that's a problem. That's something that should be more real. You should have people that understand how real God can be to them. You know, in the garden, they were actually talking to God. You know, Enoch was actually walking and talking with God. And these are people without Jesus. God wants to be real to us. And, you know, he wanted to give us eternal life. And eternal life is an intimacy with him in John 17, 3, to know him like a, like a husband knows his wife. And so there, God wants to be very real with us. And so I was sitting there, and uh, these waves of his presence just kept going. But then I, I had him say, I want, I want to give you something. I said, Okay. And um, I could get into the details of it, but basically he said, I won't, I won't you, uh, I won't hold out your right hand. And so I held out my right hand, and um, when I did that, uh, I just felt like he was just imparting straight into me. And I, I could tell I'm receiving something right now, you know. And then when I was done, I closed my hand, and I said, I believe uh, I believe that I have received that, Lord, according to Mark 11. I'm not, I, I believe you just gave me something, a, a power for ministry, and, and uh, I don't necessarily have a name for it, but I can feel the anointing and the gifting there. And then he, then he said, hold out your left hand. So I held out my left hand, and uh, then I felt like he, he was giving me something there as well. And again, I can get into details as to what those were, but that's not really the point. And uh, then I, I received that, and then the power of God was just flowing and moving. And uh, so it was really nice, and I could tell that the power of God really flowed. And uh, so when I had, uh, when I stepped out to minister, one of the first people that I uh, <clears throat> ministered to was 
uh, a guy sitting in there, I could tell that the anointing was uh, dealing with him. I could sense it and I could see it. And uh, so I called him forward and the Lord told me to call him forward. It was the first person that I called forward at all. And so at that time, all of a sudden, uh, I pray for him. And one of the things I say is basically that the Lord is, you know, this struggle that you've been going through is over. And you, you're not, you don't have to go through the struggle anymore. Jesus is basically the answer. And so when I, and then I prayed for him, I laid hands. Now I told you God had just given me this gift. And uh, I laid hands on him. The power of God starts to touch him. And he just starts shaking under the power of God. And he falls out on the floor. Well, I thought he went to the church, but he didn't. This guy was a Muslim that was deciding and making a decision, should I follow Christ or not? Well, I didn't know. So, and he's saying, should I follow Christ? Christ calls him out through me, and then Christ puts his hand on him through me, and, and all of a sudden the power answers his every question. And he gets up and he accepts Jesus, and, uh, and now we'll probably go to that church. But it was just such a really neat thing that happened there. But that wasn't all that happened that night, but one of the things that happened was uh, that I was ta talking about, that you were probably talking about, was when I, um, you have to understand that the power grid in Nigeria is uh, questionable, and it goes up and down all the time. That's not abnormal for it to go on and off, but most people have generators, and a generator will kick on in five to ten seconds. If it's an established building, they'll have a generator. And uh, so this church that we are at actually had a very good generator, and they don't hardly ever have problems with power. It may go down uh, a little bit, but so this, um, I'm sitting there, and I noticed it, because remember when I'm sitting there and I'm receiving from the Lord, and he says, hold your hand out. So when I held my hand out like this, the power in the whole building went out right at that exact second. And I was like, Okay, that was interesting because it was the exact moment, you know, it was the exact time. And um, I said, all right, noted. <laughs> that was, that was a, a big coincidence mm -hmm. there. But what was even interesting was the power stayed out. And remember, I was receiving that gift as I was, and, and when I closed my hand like this, the power came back on. At the exact second again, I was like, <laughs> All righty. I was okay. And um, I said, I, I don't know what to think about that. I mean, I was just as surprised as anybody else that would have been sitting there, you know, with it. I was like, all right. And uh, so then, you know, when I opened my left hand, uh, it didn't, nothing happened. I was like, okay, all right. So I'm, I'm not really going to be concerned about that or think about that. But that was interesting timing because it was the exact second. And, uh, but I knew there was a power on this. And you know, to not go into detail, when the right hand represents a power, and uh, so the left hand represents uh, a favor of sorts. Um, I could get into that later. But anyway, so this represents a power. I knew there was power. Well, little did I know that Stephen got a word out. He was outside, and he got a word that there was going to be a surge of God's power tonight. And uh, that was happening while this was happening in the back room. I was alone in the back room. He was out there. So then uh, later on, I, 
same hand, I reached for something. I, I, I think I'd taken my glasses off. I reached for my glasses like this, kind of with an authority. And again, the power went and went out in the whole building. And it was the exact second. And I was like, okay. So, and then I did something else with my right hand. I, re, I reached or did something else, and it came back on. And this is like, you know, a minute or two apart. It wasn't like a few seconds, and I'm like waving my hand around. No, this was specific motions, specific things. I was like, what is going on? And, I, and my thinking was, I don't really know what's going to happen when I get out here and like, you know, do, when I get up to preach, like, do I go like this or what? I don't know. You know, what, what do I do with what's going on exactly? Besides, I can tell the presence of God is so precious here. The power of God is so precious. But one thing that I think it was Brother, <coughs> Brother Hagen that had multiple Rolexes that actually died while he was under the anointing because the anointing is tangible. And while he was preaching, it would fry you know, the electronics mm -hmm. in that thing. And um, so anyway, this was a, this happened now four times the exact second that I did something, you know, and, and God had just told me I'm giving you something, you know, in that way. And, um, and I saw bits and pieces of it even Sunday morning back here, but it was, so I get up to preach on, at that last night there in Nigeria. And uh, I'm like, I'm thinking, Lord, I don't know what to do here. I don't know like, I'm, I'm unsure, <laughs> like, what do I do with this? Like, if I stretch out my hand, is something going to happen? If I, you know, if I pray for somebody, are they going to get blown back? What's going to happen? So when I prayed for people, nothing out of the, majorly out of the ordinary, like that guy shook with the power of God, but it was nothing that I haven't seen before. But however, I got up there and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to praise God. So I got the mic. And I go, hallelujah. And when I said hallelujah, the lights went like this and went out across the whole place for a minute. So when you see that video come up, you see it's like the Holy Ghost was like just surging in this power the whole night. And then the, um, it did take out the mic. Like they had, I didn't have a mic for a while because it fried the batteries in the mic or whatever. And um, so... It was an interesting moment just watching, watching the Lord move. And then we had pretty much everybody in the place, minus just a few, come up and give their life to Christ. And it was powerful. But um, awesome. Yeah, really neat stuff. So how do you explain all that? I don't know. I, you know, he's powerful. The anointing is tangible. <coughs> and, um, you, know, he, you know, he stopped the sun before. Uh, he, he has done great and mighty things. He's held back the water. He's, he's done multiple things physically through the anointing. Um, you know, the residual anointing in Elisha's bones, when they threw the young man on the bones, it caused him to come back to life. Here's the thing. No matter who you are or where you are, God wants to have you experience him in a very real way, and you can uh, you can experience his power. He wants to become real to you. He wants to have intimacy with you. Uh, this is why Jesus gave his life. Jesus gave his life that you might have eternal life, that you might know Jesus and know the Father in an intimate way, that you would have him operating in your life. And you can simply start that by saying, Lord, I'm yours today. And whatever I've done wrong, 
I'm not going to do that again. I'm repenting of that. I'm going after you with everything that I have. Jesus, you're my Lord. And so let's just pray that today. Just say, <coughs> say it right now. Father, Father, we just thank you, we just thank you for, the promise for the promise of your son, of your son that would give his life for us and take our sin and raise us to life from our death. From our death. Jesus, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You're the, the Lord, Lord of my, my life. And I believe in you. And, and I believe in you. And I follow you. And I follow you. And whatever you command me to say. And whatever you command me to say. Or to do. Or to do. I will do. I will do. You are the Lord. You're the director of my life. You're the director of my life. I repent of my sin. I repent of my sin. I want you in my life. I want you in my life. I need you in my life. I need you in my life. And I believe that you died for me. That you died for me. And that God brought you back to life. And that God brought you back to life. So that I could have fellowship with you. So that I could have fellowship. That I could have hope. That I could have, have hope. That I could have answers in my life. And right now, and right I, now receive I receive those answers. I believe, I believe that God brought you back to life, raised you up from death, you up from and death. when He raised you up, He raised me up with you. I am no longer in the place of death without hope. I'm no longer in the place of sin without hope. Hope. I have full hope through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost. And the power of the Holy Jesus, Ghost. I ask you, Jesus, I ask you, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire now in Jesus' name. Father, we receive that and we praise you for it and we thank you for it. Lord, right now, let solutions start to come into the lives of people. Let them be renewed in their heart with you. Let them, just like that young Muslim man, let them find the true power of God, the true life of God, the true love through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, Father, I just thank you. Lord, if there's people that need healing, healing be now in the name of Jesus. Life to the full and overflow them right now in Jesus' name. If they need provision, let provision come up. Let favor come up in the name of Jesus. Let your goodness come up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for manifesting yourself even through uh, this video equipment. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we promise to hunger after you and to be humble for you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you, if you prayed that today and you've never prayed it before or you, or you just said, man, I needed to pray that today, send us a note. Go to uh, whatsright.com or send us a note here and uh, let us know that you prayed that. And uh, we want to hear from you. We love you. I'm glad. Thank you for joining in today. I'm glad to be back and be home. And I'm excited about what the Lord has. So amen. amen. But he says, love you guys. Serena and I are really excited to see you all again this weekend. Amen. We're excited to see you too, buddy. It's going to be awesome. So amen. Amen. Y'all have anything else or any other questions? No, sir. Praise God. Well, if you got questions, drop them in the comments and we'll talk to you later. Uh, we love you and we'll see you next week. What's right? And uh, this was a little bit different, so we went long. But um, we're looking at a couple of changes here on the What's Right live broadcast. Uh, we'll let you know those as we go along, but I think you'll like them. And I'll talk to you later. Uh, we love you so very much. Thank you all for being here too. And 
Thank you for preaching. Both of you preached while Thank I was gone. Amen. Letting. I heard good stuff about it. Amen. It was an honor. It was an honor. Yes, he is. Praise God. It was funny. I was listening to you and uh, Marky last week and uh, got some good reports on that from last week. And uh, I was sitting there thinking, uh, I thought, man, they have really grown. Both of them, they have really, and I can hear how uh, you've gotten revelation and you've gotten different pieces of it. It just really blessed me because you could see the growth and the discipleship in your words and even how you were answering things and how you weren't speaking in absolutes at the wrong time and you were yeah. giving glory to God. And I was, I was just really pleased and blessed. So Amen. I was in, uh, I think I was packing up in Nigeria when y'all were doing that so we were pretty excited when you hopped on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw that you thought it was nicole for a while and then i was like nope it's me i'm it's nigeria pastor so, yeah <laughs> well we love y'all thank you for being with us and uh, we'll see you next week we love see you bye -bye. have a good week